Hi, everybody, and welcome to an episode of Coach's Corner. So one thing we talk about quite a bit on this show is breakups and recovering from heartache. So I thought it would be cool to have someone who specializes in breakup recovery on the show. I had a really great time doing his podcast, so it was fun to interview him on this show. So let me tell you a little bit about our guest coach today. Chris Sider is a professional relationship consultant specializing in breakups. He teaches men and women how to get over a breakup or even how to get back with an ex if the situation calls for it. You can learn more about him at theexboyfriendrecovery.com and theexgirlfriendrecovery.com. Enjoy my talk with Chris. Hey, Chris, welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here, Christine. And you and I connected because I actually did your podcast, which you'll talk about and plug at the end of this interview. And we just had such a great connection. And I know that you are really passionate about helping people get over it and on with it when it comes to breakups, which is definitely something we talk about on the show. A lot of people call in with that. And I I don't really know anybody who is totally avoided never having a breakup or never being heartbroken. So (laughs) first, can you talk about why you're so passionate about this topic and just some of the key things that you've learned perhaps in your own life and that that you help the people that you work with? Yeah, I think one of the reasons I'm so passionate about helping people through breakups is you go out there and there's not a lot of resources for people to turn to that gives them actual advice. You get the generic sort of, oh, just ignore him. There's other fish in the sea. But when you're dealing with a breakup, you're dealing with an aspect of someone's life where it's almost like they're going through a withdrawal and they've even found they've done studies and found that like the part of the brain that lights up when you're going through a breakup is the same part of the brain that lights up when an addict is going through withdrawal so you're experiencing a lot of the same emotions and physical um, negative things I guess that happens with a drug withdrawal and Like I said, there's not a lot of people out there that are giving high-quality advice, and oftentimes people rely on their friends and family who maybe aren't as accurate with their advice and don't know what to do and don't know the proper way to approach things. So um, I really am passionate just about helping people through breakups, whether they want to get their ex back or get over their ex. So obviously a lot of times I will hear a situation and I'll think to myself, ooh, you should probably get over that person. But that's the last thing that that particular person wants to hear in that moment. So we'll probably dive into that a little bit later. But yeah, that's why I'm passionate about helping people through breakups. Well, and I think this is so key because we tend to go to our friends and family when something like a breakup happens. And friends and family are amazing. Love my friends and family. And sometimes it's hard for them to be 100% objective and it can get into maybe bad-mouthing the ex, which doesn't really help. Sometimes people project their experience onto us. And so reaching out to someone who's neutral and has some training is really, really helpful, I think, to move on from from a breakup sooner. Yeah. I, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, and it's not to say that your friends and family don't have valuable advice to offer. Just sometimes, like you said, they do have these biased, especially I've, I've had people come up to me and say, hey, my mother hated my ex and she's the only person I can talk to. Well, that is the least biased person you're going to, or excuse me, the least unbiased person you're going to want to take advice from. And like you said, a lot of people just don't have the necessary training and they haven't been doing this for half a decade of their life to really have those experiences to draw upon. So 
Yeah. So what is your, how have you been trained in this and what is your system for helping people through a breakup? Yeah. Uh, well, the system would probably take, we'd be here for three hours, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, a little bit of my background is I, I want to say it's like I went into the hornet's nest and just tried to fend for myself and learn it all by myself. I've always been one of those people who, uh, can find traditional psychology a little boring. So I've always, and I certainly always have to draw upon psychological principles to help people overcome things, overcome addiction, overcome, um, uh, I, I guess, uh, the withdrawal period and, and everything like that. But I've always had to find unique ways to make, to take something from psychology that can be a little dry and boring for most people. And quite frankly, a little hard to understand and boil it down so I can make it teachable for other people and make it really, really universal and, and, you know, basically make people have these epiphanies. Um, so a lot of my training has just been having a really gigantic website where I have hundreds of thousands of people coming every single month, talk to me about their situations, working with clients. So a lot of um, reading about psychology, a lot of uh, experience helping people on my podcast, helping people personally with um, coaching sessions. And, um, I, you know, it, it's an ever-changing thing too because oftentimes when I remember when I first started out, I had a specific game plan that I wanted people to follow. But as I have learned more, I have refined the process and it looks completely different now than it did five years ago. Mm. So, mm. yeah. And what are some of the key things? Like for me, with oh. breakups, when I am coaching people, one of my number one things is no contact with the person, unless you have kids yeah. and like you have to do that. And even then I recommend like email or getting on a system. But the whole like we're breaking up, but we're still texting and I'm still looking at their right. Facebook page and like, oh my gosh, I just, I have a hard stand on no contact. It's, yeah, it's a breakup for a reason. I'm really glad you brought this up because I, I've been kind of known in the breakup industry as one of the top proponents of what's called the no contact rule. Um, and my actually philosophy on this has changed slightly from when I first started out. So when I first started out, it was this hard rule where for 30 days, no matter what, you had to ignore your ex. But obviously, like you just mentioned, what if you have kids? What if you have to exchange items? What if you work together? What if you randomly bump into this person? It's not like you can just ignore your ex in these specific circumstances. So you have to make alterations for those specific type of situations. But I find the no contact rules a really fascinating, um, I guess, strategy to employ because it really draws upon this idea of reactance. So in psychology, there's this principle called reactance, which basically states that human beings, they have a certain amount of freedoms. And when they feel that one of those freedoms is being taken away, they're going to react in a way to try to get that freedom back. So a lot of people, obviously, when they think, okay, I'm ignoring my ex, it's going to make him miss me. Well, it's going to make him miss you because you're depriving him of the freedom to talk to you. Now, obviously, that reactance principle won't work if you're checking his Facebook every five seconds. You're getting so worked up when he posts a picture with maybe another another girl or she posts a picture with another guy for any men, men listeners um, that you have out there. So you 
contacting your ex during the no contact rule kind of defeats the purpose. But like I also mentioned, when you're going through a breakup, you're going through a withdrawal period. And oftentimes, people who come to my website mostly want to get their ex back. And it's not until later that they come to the realization that they don't want to get their ex back. And they only come to that realization because like you said, like you've recommended, you are a big proponent of the no contact rule, no contact whatsoever. I completely agree with that. And I think it really allows you time to uh, center yourself and distance yourself from the breakup a little bit. So you're not trying to make a big decision on whether or not you want to try to get your ex back in this moment where you are highly, highly addicted to thinking about your ex. So yeah, the no contact rule is key. And I found when we've actually done studies of the people that we have gotten back, many of them have gotten married now. I've had a few, I've been lucky to have success stories like that, but we found that the people who have been most successful when it comes to getting their ex back actually utilize that time during the no contact rule very, very wisely. So they're doing things specifically to improve their situation in life. They're maybe volunteering. They're maybe, if they felt a little um, self-conscious about their weight, they're trying to get in better shape. They're doing really positive things and, and taking the focus off of their ex and putting it onto them. And it's amazing what I've seen people accomplish during this period. But yeah, that's just, like I said, I could talk a mile a minute about, about breakups and stuff. Well, let me ask you a question because the whole like getting your ex back thing, I don't know mm. how it's possible to really heal from a breakup and still try to get your ex back at the same time. So what's the line between, you know, it's a breakup and I'm moving on and I'm healing and I'm really intentional about getting my ex back. How do you know when you should let it go versus really try to get them back? Because I think a lot of people want their ex back and, and it's unhealthy. Yeah, I would agree with that uh, assessment, absolutely. And that kind of goes into what I was saying about how most people, they come and immediately they come and do this no contact period. Actually, a lot of people I think are probably sold on the no contact period when I explain this reactance principle that, oh, it's going to make your ex miss you. And oftentimes, like you and I are saying, sometimes it's not best to get back into an unhealthy relationship because after all, it takes two to tango, right? It, it's not a guarantee that you'll get your ex back, but let's assume that you do. Your ex might not have made any kind of changes, might not have reshaped his way of viewing the relationship, and you can just fall back into those old bad habits, and I certainly see that happening a lot. And so – most of the women I find who come to Ex-Boyfriend Recovery, which is my site, they come and are sold on the idea of the no contact rule simply because they think it's going to help them get their ex back, which it certainly will. But I also learned early on that when you take someone in this really highly addictive state where they really want to get their ex back and you try to convince them, hey, this is not the right guy for you. He cheated on you multiple times. Uh, he cheated on you with your sister, for example. That is not a guy you want to get back into a relationship with, right? So when you tell someone who's in this highly addictive state where they want their ex back more than anything in the world – they're going to – usually people are nice, but they ignore your advice and simply do what they want. So I always find I've had more success telling people, hey, don't make an ultimate decision on whether or not you want to get your ex back 
until after you have performed the no contact rule because if you are really truly focusing a lot on yourself and there's this principle I call that I found called dating yourself which is basically you treat yourself how you want your a significant other to treat you so you're taking yourself on these dates you're you're basically pampering yourself and trying and, and I found it it's it's really effective with women who are in relationships with men who aren't necessarily being treated the way they should be treated because all of a sudden when they actually treat themselves this way they'll have this thought process like wait why hasn't he been mm -hmm. treating me that way and so i find i've always had more success like i said when i tell hey people don't make an ultimate decision on whether or not you want to get your ex back until after you're done with the no contact rule um because people end up doing what they want anyways. But a lot of the no contact rule that I teach is a lot of taking the focus off your ex and putting it on yourself. And more often than not, I would say probably half the people end up deciding, hey, I, I want to thank you so much for telling me about the no contact rule. It made me come to the conclusion that I don't want my ex back. Yeah. So half the people end up coming to that conclusion. But again, half the people don't and they can get in this vicious cycle. So it's a, it's a tough thing to break out of. Well, and to piggyback on what you're saying about being a partner to yourself, I think that one of the hardest and most confusing things about a breakup is we think that the qualities that person brought out in us, the way they made us feel, is because of them. And so when they go away, we sometimes think, oh my gosh, like I'm not going to be as creative as I was or confident as I was or mm -hmm. feel as happy. And, and what is so important to understand is that, you know, everything's well, not everything, but so much is projection, so much is reflection. So often in a breakup, when we're missing that person, we have to ask, okay, what am I missing? Maybe it's their sense of humor, for example. And how do I need to bring more fun and play into my own life instead of thinking that it's only because of that person that I felt that way? So yes, becoming a great partner to yourself, taking yourself on those dates, but also looking at what they were reflecting to you about you and becoming that so you don't think that you only are that way because of that person. Is that something you see as well? Yeah, it, it actually is. I think a lot of people, they come into this thinking that they're so codependent on that relationship. They're, they're so, they, they think the world is ending. Their whole existence is tied up into this relationship. And now that the breakup is happening, they feel like they're not themselves or they need to find themselves again. And so one of the big things that I try to teach people or explain to people is it's okay to feel really bad yes. at first but you can't let this this horrible feeling in 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 your gut and your heart just control your actions you can't become so obsessive over your ex to where you lose yourself in that relationship because um People are so much more than just relationships, you know. You, you, there, you have so much more to offer than than just a, a broken relationship. Because something, if you're going through a breakup, something clearly was wrong with the relationship. Either he wasn't feeling something was was there, you weren't feeling something was there, and we can get into talks about what makes human beings commit to one another and and everything. But I think 
it's really hard for people going through a breakup to look at things rationally and, and to see the bigger picture that, okay, this is just one moment in your life and you're thinking of the situation you're in now. You're not thinking of what your life could potentially be. Well, yeah, so, and I also think we have this expectation that if a relationship ends, it's a failure and we're all sold this romantic idealism that you're supposed to be with one person forever. And and some people do meet that person. You know, my sister met her husband when – well, they met in second grade but they got together when they were 19 and like you know that's her person um i'm different like i've had many different relationships and it's it's been one of the ways that i've learned and one of the biggest things that's helped me with my breakups is really understanding that relationships have different purposes and just because something ended doesn't mean it failed it's like what did we learn from that experience yeah and and i found the faster i can get to what did i learn versus why did this happen because i don't know do you see a lot of people and i i don't think this is just a female thing because i've had a lot of men on the show and i coach a lot of men Mm -hmm. they get really stuck in the why why did this happen and so stuck in the past and so stuck in rehashing it and trying to make sense of it and I find that being stuck on the past and asking why does not help us move forward. Do you find no. that as well? Yeah, I find that as well. And, and in fact, it's it's really interesting that you brought brought this up because I, I feel like a lot of people who go through breakups, they're at the stage in their life where – how can I put this? Um, so you, you mentioned like your sister, right? She, she met her – I guess, soon to be husband in second grade. Well, that is an outlier of what happens to the rest of us. What happens to the rest of us is we date around and dating isn't just, it's not a failure when you break up, like you mentioned, it's a learning experience. You learn what you want. You learn maybe what you did wrong in the relationship so you can improve it for the next relationship. And I I think a lot there are uh, obviously ex- exceptions like your your sister and her husband now which which they they met in second grade they had kind of the the fairy tale romance you know so to speak that that hollywood always tries to pitch us on like like it it it's always has to be perfect and it's it's a it's a bad way to look at relationships because it's it, it creates this expectation, like you said, where you will – it's it's like it's a failure when you don't get married or have a billion kids or, or whatever your goals in life are when it's not. In reality, most of us, we have to date around to figure out what we want. And, in, and I, I imagine you mentioned that you had a divorce. I imagine that was very difficult to go for, through for you too because – society has this expectation where you have to stay married, right? And it's almost like like there's the ultimate failure if you go through a divorce, but that's not necessarily the case because when you get married, you don't human beings are always evolving, always changing. And so maybe if you changed and your partner didn't change at the same rate or didn't maybe adapt to the change, you can wind up in two different parts in your life or, or different paths and the paths aren't always together. Yeah. You know, so I, I mean, I'm just talking around in circles. Here. Yeah, well, and that's a tricky point, too, because I think a lot of people may not be going through a breakup, but they may be thinking, you know, when is the time for a breakup? And you mm-hmm. touched on something that I think a lot of people that listen to this podcast experience, because people that listen are really into growth. And when one partner is growing and the other isn't, it it is challenging. Um, and it is 
hard not to have that kind of like-minded thing in common and and for the relationship to grow it does require both people growing and I just recorded a coaching session with somebody yesterday that's going to air on a future podcast and he's in a situation where he's married and um, his wife just got diagnosed with an illness but before that she was just you know treating him pretty poorly and not willing to take a lot of responsibility for her own life lives more in victim isn't interested in the growth and he's reading all these books and listening to this podcast and is super into growth. And, you know, I said love is not um, – love does not mean you fully accept everything and tolerate being t- not treated well or not met. You know, with with love comes truth and we have to be honest with the kind of person that we're with and we also have to be honest with ourselves during a breakup and not put that person up on a pedestal or only wear rose-colored glasses in our past. So – I, I love what you're saying about, you know, there's no rules when it comes to relationship. There's no one size fits all. No, there's, there's no, not. this is when you know, like, when to go or when to stay or anything like that. But I think that all of us, the thing that we can rely on is our intuition and is like really knowing when a relationship has reached its expiration date and it's time to move on. Yeah, yeah, and it's really interesting that you brought up your your coaching session with that person because a lot of times he's putting in all this work to fix the relationship, right? Essentially, he's trying to grow um, and, and and do all this research, and maybe so. I mean, I didn't I didn't listen to the the podcast episode, but I'm I'm assuming that she is not doing the necessary work to take responsibility, right? Correct. And so maybe if he approaches her and and tells her about that, she's not going to listen. But maybe if she hears it from an outside source, she'll be more open to making those kind of changes. That that was just kind of what popped in my head when you said that. And with regards to your – the one-size-fits-all, I I think that even – applies to breakups because every breakup situation is unique. There's nothing out there that's that's the same with every single relationship and every single breakup. And breakups are are a lot more common than than divorces, I think. Yes. Um so I, I think it's definitely not you shouldn't look at it like you're failing if you're going through a breakup. Yeah. And I can I can tell you there's no guarantee you'll ever get him back. Uh, you know, there's no guarantee you'll ever get her back. What I can tell you that is if it, a breakup is essentially an opportunity for you to grow and come out the other end better. And a lot of people do not take that opportunity at all. They yeah. let the breakup break them essentially. Yeah, my whole career is a result of a breakup. So there you go, folks. (laughs) (laughs) So just to round out here, we I'd love to leave people just with some kind of top tips for if you're going through a breakup. You mentioned the no contact. Mm -hmm. You mentioned being a partner to yourself, dating yourself, giving yourself the things that you maybe got or didn't get treating yourself that way. What are some of your other like immediate things that people can do that might be right in the midst of a breakup to support them? Uh, well, let me ask you a question. Uh, so th- there's two different paths I can I can offer advice to. Uh, do we want Do you want me to offer advice specifically to the people who want to get over their ex, or do you want to me to offer advice for people who want to get their ex back? Because it's it's two separate advices. Well, here. now that you put both on the table, people are going to be like. 
oh, I hope he says both. Oh, so yeah. both. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start with getting your let's start with getting over an ex because I find that the advice for that is a little bit easier. So I think it's the best way to look at a breakup is or getting over a breakup is if you're having trouble getting over the breakup, you are clearly struggling with an addiction. You're clearly struggling with your addiction of thinking about your ex. And so one of the most insightful things I've ever heard um, about dealing with this kind of obsession over an ex was by the name a, a guy by the name of Glenn Livingston. He's a best-selling author on Amazon. He deals with people helping people through binge eating, and he was talking about one of the only things that worked for him to get rid of his binge eating was he would be at a Starbucks, for example, and he would see some of those cookies that are always at Starbucks, and this voice in the back of his head would go, "Oh, that looks really good. I should eat that." Well, the voice in the back of your head is always your enemy. It's always telling you to do these bad things, right? So if you have, if you're struggling with with eating, um, it's obviously going to tell you to eat all these bad things. And so he identified that voice in the back of his head, and he found a way to make it sound disgusting to him every single time he heard it. So after a while, he would associate the the voice with the most disgusting thing, and he would just be appalled by it, and he would break the addiction that way. And so I think you can apply some of these rules, especially during your no contact period. So if you're the the people people really struggle with this no contact period because I estimate around eight out of ten people will end up contacting their ex or maybe thinking about their ex too much and spying on Facebook and it's really this voice in the back of your head telling you to do these things and everyone who's listening to this going through a breakup knows exactly what I'm talking about it's this voice that pops up in just some random moment throughout your life where you're thinking hmm, I wonder what he or she is up to let me go check Facebook. Well, if you can identify that voice and you can literally say to yourself, hey, that voice is wrong and associate it with something disgusting, you can sort of train yourself to not think about your ex so much. And I, I think that's a really good route to go for someone who truly wants to get over their ex. Now, <laughs> let's switch gears and talk about getting yeah. your ex back. Deep breath, everybody. <sighs> okay. Getting your yeah, ex me back. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> All right, so one of the most insightful things, and I'm I'm not giving you kind of the clear game plan here. I'm just giving you kind of one of the most insightful and interesting things that I've read lately. So there's this concept called the misattribution of emotions. Have you heard of this, Christine? Uh, yes, I think I have, or I can probably guess. But go ahead. <laughs> All right, so misattribution of emotions. They, they've done multiple studies on this, and they found that – when a human being has an experience that affects them emotionally, whether it's listening to music, whether it's watching an action movie, whether it's having a near-death experience, they're bound to feel all of these emotions. And sometimes they'll misattribute those emotions and, and stick them to something that makes sense. So they've done multiple studies. And one of the most famous studies that they've done was – there was a band playing, right? And before the band started playing, they asked the audience to rate the attractiveness of each member of the band. And I, I don't remember the exact scale, but they had their kind of set average attractiveness level. And then what they did is they told the band to start playing. And so the band started playing their songs, and obviously they were really, really good songs, and they affected the audience very emotionally. And then the band had an intermission, and... 
the psychologist or whoever was conducting the study asked the audience again, well, what attractiveness level do you rate the band members? And obviously every single band member saw a significant increase in their attractiveness level. And it was due to this misattribution of emotions. Basically what had happened is the song had affected someone or excuse me, the song had affected people so so much it had touched people so much that they stuck those emotions onto the band members and it made them more attractive so my best piece of advice for people who are trying to get an ex back is if you are struggling on what to do for a date do something that you know for a fact will affect your partner emotionally that's going to touch them emotionally and it can be as something as simple as going and watching an, a, a really great movie i know it's one of those you know, a movie. Well, you can't even talk during a movie. Well, yeah, that's true. But if it's affecting your ex emotionally, they're more likely to misattribute those emotions and stick them onto you, which in turn makes you more attractive. So that's one of my kind of tips, mm, I guess. For I that. There's a ton more to well, it than that. Obviously. I'm sure there <laughs> is. There's a ton more. So where can people go get a ton more from you, Chris? Well, I uh, I have two websites. So one deals for men going through breakups. One deals for women going through breakups. Um, they're pretty interchangeable. So the women going through breakups can go to www.xboyfriendrecovery.com. And of course, the men can go to www.xgirlfriendrecovery.com. I have a podcast as well for ex-boyfriend recovery, which Christine was on. Um, so you can listen to her awesome advice there she was one of the best guests i think we've ever had on so <laughs> thank you yeah thank you well thank you so much for this and i know that you are happily married and have a daughter so you're someone that has gotten over it and on with it when it comes to your breakups not that marriage means that you've gotten over a breakup there's no like end goal when it comes to that it's really about how we feel in our heart and the, the kind of partner that we are to ourselves but thank you so much for being someone out there that's really helping people through this transition because there's a lot out there about how to find love um, and so I love that you are an advocate and you are a teacher and you're really a healer for people who are moving on from love because that's an important that's an important part of the journey as well so thank you Chris for the work that you do in the world. Mm -hmm.